welcome to Centered Sunday with your host, Sheree Shai Holmes, creator of The Resilient Me. Now, before we get started this week, sisters, I have a very funny story to tell you that's completely unrelated to how to identify hidden money beliefs, but I think it'll give you a good laugh. Okay, so some of you guys have seen my videos on Instagram that I had started a garden. So with the quarantine and the lockdown, I really wanted to find something to do to kind of like, you know, put my time in a safe place, but be able to enjoy outside. So I got squash, I got cucumber, I got collard greens, I got cabbage, tomato, zucchini, basil, thyme, mint. I got a whole bunch of stuff. So with that being said, that means I spend a lot of time outside, like four or five hours at a time working on my garden. And that means also in the apartment building next door, and even with my tenant, I end up talking to way more people than I have ever since I moved into this building, right? So I've befriended a couple people. Um, And one in particular is this young black couple. They got to be like late 20s, early 30s. And I mean, super nice. Um, the, The fiance, she introduced me to her mom and you know so we've been talking and chatting up and then i realized that her 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 boyfriend i guess fiance he had been chatting me up a lot separately and i was like you know what it's not a big deal you know we have been talking a lot so i'm sure he just feels comfortable talking to me tell me why y'all tell me why this fool <laughs> Tells me the other day, I think it was on Friday. He tells me, I just want you to know that um, I'm extremely attracted to you. And basically asks that I keep this confidential between him and I. And then says, um, you know, if you need, I know I got a situation. This is how he phrased it. I know I got a situation. A situation, sir? (laughs) I'm like, I'm not about to be your entanglement, okay? he's like I know I got a situation but you know if you need anything I mean anything any help at all you know just let me know and I'll come over I will help you out I was looking at him side eye right like I bet you would and I'm like um y'all part of me was like no get away from me you're crazy but I think I had this like really fierce look on my face because he came back he must listen y'all he just makes up reasons now I think to go to the trash can and to go to the car so that he can talk to me so he came out like six times to continue this conversation I'm not even exaggerating six times to continue this conversation so I think on like the third or fourth time of him coming outside and saying something to me he's like I don't want to make you feel uncomfortable I hope you don't feel awkward blah, 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 blah. And I just, I realized in that moment that I probably was giving him like the dirtiest eye. And I was like, I just don't operate. I don't move like that. Like that's not my thing. And I'm completely happy the way I am right now. And I wouldn't want to get involved in a situation like that, you know? But this is just like the funniest thing to me because I'm like, you are a whole fool. Outside of the moral implications of this, right? You are an idiot. Our buildings are less than eight feet apart, bro. Like, what are you thinking? Like, uh, are you trying to die? (laughs) Do you have a death wish? That's the kind of stuff that people will fight and kill you over. Like, you can't play with women like that. She just had your baby. All right, anyway, (laughs) let me just calm down. 
But on the same day, guys, I'm not making this up. I was at, I finished working in the, in the backyard, in the garden. I went to the front of the house and I have a manual lawnmower and I'm giving y'all free game. Okay. If, if, if dating is not working out for you during this pandemic, I'm giving y'all free game right now. <laughs> I have a manual lawnmower. You have to push it. There's no gas. I kid you not. At least once a month, depends on how often I'm actually cutting the grass, okay? It could be once a month, every other month. I have had several men pull up on the street. Now, mind you, it's a pretty busy street. It's not like crazy traffic, but it's enough. So I'm not feeling like, oh, you know, nervous or scared like these men are pulling out. But it's usually an older guy. And this is how the story goes. Hops out, walks up real slow up to me to like show that he's safe or whatever, right? And he says from a distance, this is pre-pandemic even, because I started doing this last year. I just never thought to tell this story. And they say like, oh my God, I used to use that when I was a child. You know, I used to cut the grass like that. Where'd you get that from? I'm like, oh, I got it on Amazon. Oh, how much is it? I tell them. And then they, they're slowly creeping forward. And then they're like, oh, do you mind if I try it out? And I'm like, yeah, sure. Y'all, I can't tell you how many times I've had my lawn mowed. <laughs> For free. Because what happens is they want to try it out. And then they just end up doing the whole front lawn. And I'm just like, you really don't have to. Like, I can finish it. And they're like, no, no, no. I'm really enjoying this. This is bringing back so many memories, whatever. So sometimes they do, like, try and flirt and talk to me. Sometimes they don't. But more often than not, there's a flirt involved with it. So look, ladies, if you are looking for a sugar daddy... If you don't want to work through these hidden money blocks and you want a sugar daddy, get you a garden, ma'am, or, you know, be in the front line with the manual lawnmower and these old men, <laughs> these old men will come by and help you. It's so funny to me. So free game. If quarantine dating isn't working out, you know, start the garden or start working in the yard. They will stop. Okay. And let me tell you this. I'm not out here trying to look cute. I usually have on a Mitch Mac outfit, okay? I have on some hat. And in my own feeling, I think I look like a man, but apparently not. I'll have on some grubby shoes for mowing the lawn or being in the garden or whatever. And it it's like, it's a non-deterrent. <laughs> it does not stop them from coming, okay? So listen, don't worry about what you look like. Just, just find your hands in the field like Ruth. <laughs> Yo, Boaz is coming. All right, I'm sorry, guys. I just took you like way off in this conversation. Okay, let's get focused. How to identify hidden money beliefs. All right. So, we're continuing the conversation from last week where I said three things I wish I knew about money. And I talked a little bit about, you know, money blocks, money stories, things we've inherited as children from our family members, but we did not know were incorrect on how to view money, right? And it happens at such a young age and it happens in your subconscious mind. You don't realize that you're carrying these stories from childhood in through adulthood and then you don't know why you're still struggling. So I want you to consider, I think I have three, yeah, I have three ways for you to identify your money blocks. I wanted to give you more help. Um, and instead of just saying, figure out your money block, uh, I wanted to give you more help on how to identify. Because sometimes it can be hard. You don't know 
what you don't know. So somebody telling you to figure that out is kind of hard sometimes. So the first thing you need to do to identify hidden money blocks is to check your language and your thoughts, okay? Again, check your language and your thoughts. What are you saying in conversation to your friends, to your family? Do you pause and think before you speak? I've been on one of my friends recently just to be like, uh, I'll be like, oh, um, when are you going to get such and such and such? Girl, I'm broke. Girl, I'm broke. Like every answer is girl, I'm broke. No, I was like, stop confessing that. I need you to, to detach yourself. I don't care if you look at your bank account right now and you see you only got $30 in there. Stop confessing you're broke. Why? Because what you focus on, hear me clear now, what you focus on expands itself. So if you constantly give your thoughts, your energy, your attention, and your emotions to the fact that I'm broke, even though you want more money, and even though you say you're going to apply for those jobs and you still don't get them, why? Because you are magnifying lack. So pause and think before you speak. Start being more mindful of the words that are coming out of your mouth in regards to money. And I'm saying a whole bunch of different things that I actually did share last week, but I think I'll just go through the list right now. So some of the things that we do say, uh, money has to be earned the hard way or, you know, money doesn't grow on trees. That's a huge one that <laughs> that you get told a lot when you're a kid. <laughs> I remember sometimes I would ask my mom and, and I would be like, and I was spoiled. So it's not like she said no a lot, but when she would say no, I would be like, McDonald's used to be like a treat back in the day before we obviously all knew, you know, all the health implications of eating McDonald's too much. I should say eating too much McDonald's. And I'll be like, mom, can we go to McDonald's? And she would be like, money doesn't grow on trees. You got some McDonald's money? And then you just get sad and put your head down as a kid, right? But that's the kind of stuff that was said to me. Money doesn't grow on trees. What does that mean? Money is not abundant. Money is not plentiful. When you think about something growing, you think about, oh, it just comes with ease. It just comes with flow. Like it's continuous. So that puts it in your mind as a child that money is hard to get. Money is hard to come by. Um, You may have even heard things like, uh, uh, we don't come from a wealthy family. You know, money doesn't come easily to like we're blue, we're blue collar family, or even from our perspective of my parents being pastors saying, you know, you got to do it by faith and, you know, have to live this, um, like a poverty ish level life because you're living by faith or you're in full-time ministry. So you inherently attach struggle to, you know, a family that is faith-based sometimes because you're supposed to live below your means. At least that's that is what you know. Sometimes the thought is behind it, but that we know that's not that's not true because God is a God of abundance. Okay, but sometimes we you know we can misinterpret the scriptures and misinterpret how we should live in general on more than one level and more than one occasion. Um, you may have even heard yourself say things like, "I can't afford to buy that house. I can't afford to buy that dress. I can't afford. I can't afford. I can't afford. Okay, I can't afford to go on vacation. I don't have the money for that. Or I can't afford to buy this new camera for my photography hobby because I have to pay all these bills. Right? We just have all kinds of stuff going on." Also, the phrase money can't buy you happiness. 
Um, some people I've heard them, you know, I'm talking to them like, oh, you, you must be really good with money. You're an accountant. I'm not very good with money. Can you help me? No. Saying those types of things, I'm not very good with money. Well, how do you, what do you define good is my first question. Define good. Are you a reckless spender or you one that just doesn't really pay attention? All those things are fixable though. It's not like you're just doomed to not be good with money ever. There's a way that you can actually grow in these skills. So stop saying those things. Don't let that come out in conversation. Um, Saying things like we can't all be millionaires. Money's a limited resource. Or like I said last week, money is the root of all evil. First of all, money is not the root of all evil, but it is the love of money, the greed for money that is the root of all evil. So you need to understand Your thoughts are connected to your emotions and your emotions are connected to your words. And that's what gets you to prompt to action. That's what gets you to prompt to action. Okay. Trying to make sure I said that right. (laughs) So if you allow your thoughts to go unchecked, your emotions around money go unchecked. Your words around money go unchecked. Guess what? Your actions are just going to fall in line with your thoughts, your emotions, and your words. You can't expect anything else than what you've been meditating on, okay? So, think of it like this. You can have your excuses or you can have success, but you can't have both. I'm going to say that one more time. You can have your excuses or you can have your success, but you cannot have both. Whatever outcome you train your mind on, that is what dictates the reality that you see before you. So if you train your mind to see everything as, you know, one specific way, one specific belief, one specific frame of thought, when you look at the rest of your reality, you're going to find things that confirm what you already believe to be true, okay? Think of it like this. So when you were younger, you're a kid or whatever, and your mom or someone asked you to go get something for you. So your mom, this happened to me a lot. Your mom would say, hey, Reed, go get my purse from the living room. Me not knowing specifically that she's changed anything, I go and look for a black purse. I come back, I say, mom, I don't see your purse. Where is it? I told you it's in the living room. Go back. Go back. I look vigorously. (laughs) I will not be defeated. I will find the purse. No purse. I go back. Mom, it's been 15 minutes. I looked everywhere. I couldn't find your purse. She was like, the brown one with the pink hearts on it. Brown one? I was looking for the black purse. Go back into the living room and there it is, the brown purse with the pink hearts on it, sitting right on the couch. Why did I not see the purse? Because in my mind, I believed I was looking for her black purse. And that's the same way we are. If you are repeating the story of lack, of poverty, of not enough, of inadequacy, When you go to apply for jobs, you show up feeling like you're not enough. Oh, I'm not really prepared. I'm not really qualified for this job. What do you think that what what do you think is the energy that they're receiving across from the table from you? Why would they want to hire you when you show up like you're not confident? 
when you show up looking fidgety or agitated or, or extremely nervous, you have to go in with so much confidence. Like, listen, if y'all don't hire me, you're the one that's losing out. It's a shame. Okay. <laughs> it's how you have to show up. But if all you see is people don't like me because I'm black, people don't like me because I'm fat, people don't like me because I'm whatever the heck story you're telling yourself, you will continuously frame your reality around whatever it is that you believe. And so it is with money. How you grow personally and in your development in life is directly correlated to how you grow financially. If you don't do the personal work, you will not see the financial results. I'm telling you that. The more I've done personal work, um, refusing to allow my limiting beliefs about Sharice to hold me down and to hold me back, I've seen my income grow with my personal development. I can't even tell you guys how much it's grown in the last four or five years because I've done so much work so much work personally, and then turn that into something that I wanted to share with other women. And my income has been going up and up and up and up at a direct rate. I did not, no one told me that if I worked on myself personally, that somehow my income would go up. I wish somebody would have told me that a long time ago, because I didn't know. And when I finally found the secret, which it just dawned on me to be true about a year ago, I was like, well, what do you know? If I want to make more money, I need to focus on healing my old wounds. But now I want to show you guys how to work directly on your money beliefs, those old ideas and antiquated and incorrect concepts, okay? So let me make this very, very clear to you. Worrying, when you worry and you're in like, I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills. I don't think I have enough money to cover my student loan um, uh, debt. Um, I'm so overwhelmed financially. Okay, you're worrying, you're worrying, you're worrying. Worry is praying for stuff that you don't want. I want you to really get that thick through your mind and in your heart, okay? Get it into your head. Worrying is praying for stuff that you don't want. What do you mean, Sharice? You're constantly releasing words, vows, uh, convictions, and beliefs saying, this is what I want. This is what I want. This is what I want. All these horrible, bad things are going to happen to me. I have high levels of anxiety. All of these things, you're praying to worry. You're asking and inviting lack and anxiety and fear to come into your life and, and to wreak havoc on your financial stability. You have to end the worry. Stop praying to worry because that's not the kind of stuff that you want. It's really impossible to focus on one thing and see something else. So if you're worrying about all these financial aspects in your life, it's really hard to welcome and see abundance. It's hard to be grateful. It's hard to even receive good things when they happen because you're so overwhelmed by the negative. Your thoughts, your feelings, your beliefs, and your emotions, if we don't get them together, and consciously reject these money stories that I just went through with you, then we're consciously accepting them. If I don't consciously reject those words, those ideas, those phrases, then I'm consciously accepting them and inviting them into my life. All right, so that was number one. Check your language and your thoughts. Okay, number two, we're going on to number two here. 
this one this one is gonna be interesting if you choose if you choose to accept this mission okay because it's gonna self-destruct once this podcast no i'm just kidding (laughs) if you choose to accept this mission i want you to be brave i want you to be bold okay write down your judgments of other people with money I know you weren't expecting that. You were expecting something positive and sexy for me to help you get free. But think about this. We got we know people in our lives that have money. I can name some people in my head right now. Get real honest about how you feel about those people having money. Don't try to be nice. Don't try and be kind when you're writing this stuff down. Give your honest account of how you feel in the privacy of your own mind. You don't need to be saved, sanctified, holy, evolved, manifesting Jesus' goodness. <laughs> I need you to just be real. Now, while you're doing this, please make sure you don't generalize, okay? Don't generalize and be like, rich people this, rich, rich people that. I want you to get specific. Think of somebody that you know has way more money than you and you have a problem with it, whatever it is, Okay. Our silent judgments will show us what we really think about money every single time. And that's the only way we can really get down to the bottom of how we feel. So I need you to go ahead and pour it out. State your worst possible judgment. You can spit it out immediately. And then after you're done spitting out your worst possible judgments, you know, say that you're open to releasing those thoughts and those judgments and that you're open to assistance in releasing those beliefs, those thoughts, and those judgments. So let's say, for example, if I was writing um, a judgment, you know, a, a, <laughs> I can't, I, it, it sounds like I don't even want to call it a judgment letter, but that's kind of like what it is. If I was writing a, a, a note um, to myself about someone that had a lot of money and it made me mad, I would say something like this. Megan's luxury life has kept her like so out of touch with reality that she doesn't even understand her regular struggles. Um, she's selfish. She's self-centered. She's it's just ridiculous how like concerned she is with like stupid stuff while the rest of the freaking world is on fire. Okay, that would be like my real raw thoughts coming out on paper. Then the next thing you want to do is how does that make you feel? Sharice, how does that make you feel? Well, I'm angry with Megan. I'm clearly defensive. I have disdain for her. I definitely have disdain for her lifestyle. (laughs) Uh, And in effect, I'm actually making Megan smaller and I'm making me better because I don't act like she does. That actually makes me feel righteous. Even though I'm feeling righteous though, when it comes to money, I'm starting to feel powerless over my own money. I wish I just had a little more money to live, like Megan. It makes me feel stressed about money. I feel like I'm missing out on a better life because I don't have money. So I want you to think about that. What are What's the reflection that's coming out through your writing? And then the next step is to just kind of review the last couple lines. You know, I feel powerless. I wish I had more. I feel stressed. I feel like I'm missing out. Those are the beliefs that you actually need to release. Again, if you don't work on this stuff, the more you focus on those types of people or the more you focus on the beliefs that were passed down to you as a child, 
that's what you're going to expand. Okay. So number one, check your language and your thoughts. Number two, you're going to write your, your, um, <laughs> write down your, I don't want to call it letter, right? Write down your judgments of other people with money. And then we're going to move on to number three. This one's going to be real interesting and fun. Uh, write a letter to money as if you're in a relationship. Okay. So here's Sharice's, um, impromptu letter to money. If we're, if we were in a relationship a couple years ago, dear money, I really like you a lot, but I feel like you're just not consistent. Like you're just not there for me. And as soon as I get you, you leave. But then I look and I see that you have no problem staying with other people for longer periods of time. Not only do you stay with them, but you you continuously show up and give them nice things. Why can't you be more consistent with me? Why is it a struggle? Why is it a fight? I really try to budget you well. I really try to manage you well and spend our time together properly. But it just seems like every time I get ahead, every time we have a positive date night, it's like the next time I'm trying to meet up with you, you're nowhere to be found. You leave me high and dry. And that makes me so angry because I try so hard to make you appear in my life. I created all the things. I went to school. I took all the student loan debt. I've done all the things they told me I needed to do in order for you to be present in my life. And I'm still not happy. Oh. <sighs> What is it that I need to do? How can I fix this relationship with you? Okay, so that would be a letter to money as if we were in a relationship and that would kind of bring up some of the things that you're having trouble with or the belief, you know, struggle, um, you're inconsistent, um, you're there for everybody else, but you're not there for me. So that could probably lead to the uh, belief that our family struggles, even though these other families don't struggle. Pull out all the beliefs that you can out of this letter, okay? The letter doesn't have to be five pages. It could be a paragraph. It could be one page. Whatever it is for you to empty out, I want you to empty out all your feelings and think about it as if you were in a relationship. That was like a, a coaching technique I found um, from another money coach. All right, so I don't want to leave you high and dry because I hate the, like open the wound. I hate when people do that. Open the wound and then you don't tell me how to heal it, Okay. Now this, I did actually touch on a little bit in our last podcast, but I'm going to bring it up again today. You need to reframe your beliefs and rewire your brain to be able to receive. So I'm just going to give you two small things to work on. One, you need to replace the word I can't with the word I allow. So if you find yourself saying things, I've heard this actually from a couple of my friends lately. I can't find a job that will pay me more money. Okay. I hear that a lot. What you would like to say, replace I can't with the word I allow. I allow new ideas and job opportunities flow to me now, okay? Because sometimes, I'm not going to lie, I get ideas to create new revenue streams and I don't act on them. And they're so slight. Sometimes it's like a whisper that comes to me like, hmm, hmm, that sounds scary. Hmm, that sounds too much. Hmm. I don't think I can like you shoot yourself down before you even get a chance to try it. 
Like if you get an idea to apply for a location that you don't think you're qualified for, listen, I had a friend tell me, listen, don't, don't disqualify yourself. Let them disqualify you. But you disqualify yourself because you don't even want to try to apply because you've already said, hey, I don't think they would want me. So I need you to get real focused about that. All right. Another one you might say is I can't afford to buy a house. You know, the economy, jobs, where I live, there's probably a lot of reasons why. But what I want you to say to reframe that is say, I allow money to flow to me in creative ways to support my financial desires. So you see how that just feels better when you reframe things and rewire your brain? So be an active scout of your words and your thoughts, okay? And then the second thing I need you to do is to create some money affirmations and say them in the mirror for one minute for the next 30 days, okay? Just create them, I don't care. Find them, 15, 20 affirmations. You need to start to speak it so that you can connect your emotion to it, so that you can connect your words to it, so you can connect your thoughts to it, which will then connect your actions to seeing things differently. But rewiring your beliefs in your brain takes time. It's not something that happens overnight. And that's why you need to have these money affirmations. That's why you need to watch your words. And, and basically, like my mom would say, be on faith patrol. If you're not speaking faith about your body, your money, your life, do not let those words come out of your mouth. My mom was like a stickler about that, okay? So I need you to be your own faith patrol officer, okay? You are now an, I just gave, I just, I just upgraded you to an officer. <laughs> Receive it now. <laughs> All right, I did get this really cool idea to actually create like an abundance and gratefulness meditation for you guys this week. But I was like, spent so much time trying to find super cool music that I didn't get it done today. So I'll be dropping an affirmation. Um, I'm sorry, I'll be dropping a meditation on grace, on gratefulness and abundance sometime this week. I'll probably shoot you guys an email. And if you are on my text phone number list, then you'll be getting a text from me. All right, my beautiful sisters. I didn't say my our affirmations because I was like fresh back off sabbatical. Um, I forgot to say our affirmations in the last podcast. So we're going to say them now. I am loved. I belong. And I am wanted. Sorry, it took me a second. I was like, what's the third one? Okay, one more time since I messed it up. I am loved, I belong, I am wanted. All right, my beautiful sisters, have an amazing week.